The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. David Vigneault warned that Canadians, that you are being aggressively targeted by hostile foreign governments seeking political, economic, and military secrets, which historically is what they've wanted, but says they're after more now. Canadian companies in almost all sectors of our economy is also targeted. They have been compromised and have suffered losses from human and cyber-enabled threats. CSIS has observed persistent and sophisticated state-sponsored threat activity for many years and continue now to see a rise in the frequency and sophistication of this threat activity. CSIS actively investigate this daily from Canada and abroad. In particular, I would cite Canada's biopharma and health sector, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, ocean technology, and aerospace sectors as facing particularly severe threat activity today. Emerging technologies in these sectors are also among the most vulnerable to state-sponsored espionage, given that they are largely developed within academia and small startups. They're attractive targets because they have many less security awareness or protections in place. They're also more likely to pursue financial and collaboration opportunities, which can, and sadly are, exploited by other countries. So Vigneault singled out Russia and China, saying that Beijing was engaged in activities that are a direct threat to our national security and sovereignty. Uh, The address to the the Centre for International Governance Innovation showcased the Canadian government's new willingness to name names when discussing states behind national security threats, notably the governments of Russia and China. These actors are able to leverage emerging technologies such as bulk data collection or AI-powered analytics to their advantage. With full integration, they pull from common data pools to identify threats and vulnerabilities. Without strong defenses to protect our citizens' data, it is easily accessed and can be used to drive further further development of AI capabilities. For instance, In 2020, global news sources revealed that Genoa Data Technology, which primarily serves China's military and intelligence services, has been gathering sensitive data on 2.4 million individuals across the globe, and that for several years. Approximately 20% of this data was not publicly available and likely accessed via cyber espionage. So Phil Gursky is the president of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting, director of the University of Ottawa Security Program and a former analyst at CSIS. Phil, welcome back to the show. Hey, Julian. How you doing? Good. Thank you for being patient while I cleared up the, uh, the COVID talk around the NHL there. So give me an idea just how rare it is for the director of CSIS to have made a public speech and a public speech like he did. Uh, all too rare. Uh, I know I've been advocating for years, even when I was still at CSIS and since my retirement, Jalen, that I'd like to hear more from the director of CSIS as well as from the head of uh, CSD, the Signals Intelligence Organization, where I worked before I was at CSIS. I think Canadians need to hear this, and they need to hear it in the bald-faced way that David Vigneault did. I think this is a great message for Canadians. It's great when the director of the Security Intelligence Service levels with us like he did. I mean, obviously there's things he can't say, but that was pretty hard-hitting. I listened to the speech myself, and I was suitably impressed with his delivery. 
So when 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 he talked um, about uh, about Russia and he talked about China, he was naming names, and that is something that I don't think that Canada has typically done uh, in years past. What does that signal to you, Phil? Um, it's a great question. Um, there's no question that from our perspective, we've been warning the government about this for decades. I mean, I, I was you know I I started intelligence jailing before Caesars was created back in 1983. <laughs> And so, you know, we've been given the same message to, to successive governments for decades now. This is, a, is an advisory body. It advises the government on what it's finding. Advice does not have to be taken or acted upon. So the message is consistent. I think the fact that he named and shamed Russia and China publicly should send a message to the Russians and Chinese that, uh, hey, guys, uh, we're kind of on to you. We know what you're all about. Not that they're going to stop it tomorrow, obviously. It's been going on since, you know, since Eve handed the apple to Adam, for God's sakes. But I, I think it is a, an important change, if you will, in how Canada's spy agency can actually communicate with Canadians. You know what, Phil? I was. I think you, you kind of answered my next next question. I said, you know, the, with the fact that they named Russia and China, I'm like, hasn't it always been Russia and China? I mean, you know, those are, are, are really the two biggies that have been causing grief for a long time. Um, Absolutely. When I when I joined CSD, Jalen, way back in 1983, it was during the Cold War. It was the fall where they shut down a Korean airliner. This was, you know, we didn't know the Cold War was almost over back then, but that was the number yeah. one target, the Soviet Union and its allies. And, and China's always been a concern as well, so there should be no surprise there at all. You know what, I'm, I'm curious, and this just popped into my head, Phil. I was in a, in a briefing uh, a couple of years ago with some military uh, leaders, and, and, and the, the talk got around to North Korea. And I think a couple of years ago, North Korea certainly was on a lot of people's radars, and there was a lot of concern there. Um, is, is there uh, as much concern still when it comes to, to North Korea, Korea that you're aware of? Um, probably. It's not a target that I ever worked actively in my intelligence yeah. career, but I mean, they are they are an unpredictable nation by definition, given their leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah. They probably have a nuclear weapons program. So yeah, I'd be very surprised if we're not looking at North Korea quite closely, just because you never know what they're going to do from one day to the next. So the CSIS director uh, had this warning to, to Canadians saying, you may think to yourself, I'm not a national security person. I'm a scientist, a business person, an academic, so on. I'm not interested in geopolitics. He goes on to say, well, I can say with some confidence that geopolitics is interested in you, and it's important that you know that you can be at risk and how you can protect your interests. I thought that was really powerful and a really good flag to be raised right there. You know, Phil, we, having said that, I mean, I suspect that most, you know, the average Canadian hears that and goes, eh, what do they want from me? <laughs> what do they want from my work computer? What do Canadians need to be aware of? What do we need to know? Well, I think they have to listen when their own security department, you know, give them best practices. Do this, do this, don't do that. And people shrug it off. I mean, okay, we're Canadians, right? Who cares what Canada thinks? Well, a lot of people care what Canada thinks. And a lot of people care what Canadians do because we're at the forefront of biotechnology. We're at the forefront of communications technology. And therefore, I think people have to pay attention. So some of it's just doing the things that we should all be doing in terms of, you know, how you clean up your emails. Do you answer certain phishing attempts? Do you communicate to people whose identity you don't know? It's things that we should be doing as a, as a matter of course. And the thesis director says, yeah, we should be doing that.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I wonder, though, too, then, you know, at, at, at a federal government level, um, do we not, well, obviously, I think we need to uh, take another look at our, our policy um, on, on, on dealing with uh, China and with Russia. I mean, when, when, when he's coming out and saying stuff like this, wouldn't this go to the highest level of the government and, and maybe uh, you'd hope them say, hey, you know, we need to take a, a closer look at how we're dealing with this, with these countries and how we're moving forward on that and maybe develop a bigger, stronger, tougher policy? Uh, I sure as heck hope so. But like I said, you know, um, I remember many thesis directors saying to the government, you know, China's doing this and we were ignored for other other reasons, economic interests, yeah. etc. I, I got bad news for your listeners, Jalen. China's not our friend and, no. and Russia's not our friend and they never have been. And, I, and it really bothers me that Canadians are so naive or they're, they've got dollar signs in their eyes and therefore they're ignoring this kind of information. Like I said, the message has been consistent for decades and decades and decades. Let's hope that the thesis director's speech maybe makes uh, people start paying attention. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, you know, the Trudeau government has been under pressure uh, for a long time to, to do something with their uh, policy about China or lack thereof. You know what, Phil, I, I'm curious to know, obviously we've been focusing a lot on terrorism, of course, over the past 20 years especially, and oftentimes when you and I have been talking, it has been focused on terrorist uh, groups. Um, but he really focused on these um, hostile forest, foreign states have we been putting our attention in the wrong area focusing too much on 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 these terrorist groups and maybe not enough on on groups like or countries like china and russia over the years how much time do we have you um no <laughs> go um, for it that, that's a, <laughs> that's actually not i think very accurate and i've asked myself the same question because i work in counterterrorism, as you know you and i've talked mm. about terrorism uh, the service has been very active on, on many fronts so the service has four main areas of investigation under its act but you know one is terrorism obviously uh, one is counterintelligence one is counter is, is, for, is foreign interference so they've got the resources to do it all mm-hmm. i mean you can't do everything simultaneously because you only have so many women and men that work for CSIS. But I'm pretty confident that, you know, the old counterintelligence branch is as busy as the counterterrorism branch was. And they're doing the best they job, the job they can with the resources they have, absolutely. Before I let you go, I mean, this uh, this pandemic that we've uh, been uh, working our way through for almost uh, a year now, um, how has it, um, what have you heard about how it's helped with, um, help these foreign states get information? You know, the fact that so many of us are working at home, maybe, um, does that, that plays a big role into that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you and I are communicating via the internet. Uh, it just, there's so much transactions that are being done and, and people when they're at home probably don't have the robust systems they have when they're at the office maybe they're not the same protection the same cyber security maybe they're taking risks they shouldn't because they don't simply have that thing in place so there's no question that hostile states like russia like china possibly north korea are taking advantage of the situation because they know people aren't being as careful as they should be Oh, Phil Gursky, um, someday you and I are going to find ourselves in the same city. We're going to sit down and have a couple of whiskeys, and I'm going to pick your brain for hours and hours, let me tell you. Is there anything else? As long as it's single malt, single malt talisker, Jalen, I'll join you anywhere, anytime. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sounds good. Phil, before I let you go, anything anything else you want folks to know about uh, the importance of that, that speech uh, this week and maybe what to keep in mind moving forward? I think when the thesis director takes the time to address Canadians, people should sit up and listen. They shouldn't ignore it. They shouldn't dismiss it as just something that people do. It's a really important speech. I think they should take his words to heart, listen to him. And if I can put one small plug in, Jay Lynn, if you go to my website, my brand new book on a history of terrorism is available for purchase. BorealisDirectress.com. It talks about terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the present. Oh, sounds great, Phil. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care, Virginia. Bye-bye. Yeah, you bet. Phil Gursky joining us this afternoon. Always enjoyed my conversations with Phil. I'm just going to grab that uh, that website once again because there is a lot of really great stuff on there. It is borealisthreatandrisk.com. And uh, the, he has a podcast. He has quick hit podcasts exploring all sorts of, of uh, different issues. And, you know, taking a look from, you know, his office as a former analyst at CSIS, as someone who um, is an expert in terrorism, kind of his thoughts on on uh, what's going on uh, around the world. If you get a chance, again, it's borealisthreatandrisk.com. It 